Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And so it's good to be here this week. Um, I think I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the show. Let's just start with some motivational Monday. And I have a quote. Learn to trust the journey, even when you do not understand it. So usually we go into Black Excellence for the month of February in celebration of Black History Month. I'm going to do a Black History Spotlight instead of Black Excellence every week. So my first one to start off this month, um, 60 years ago, four North Carolina a t students, Franklin McCain, Isaiah Blair Jr., David Richmond, and Joseph McNeil, sat down at a lunch counter in Greensboro, North Carolina, and ordered coffee. Their acts that day launched a sit-in movement that swept the Jim Crow South and was one of the turning points in the civil rights history. What I found to be neat, um, I'm from Greensboro, uh, that's where I live, so um, this is um, one of those movements that we talk about all the time, uh, especially um, if you were an, if you went and attended North Carolina Ante. Um, and what I actually liked was that when I went to the Smithsonian in DC, uh, they actually have a piece of the counter of Woolworth, um, and that was the the white only counter that they um, the students sat at. And uh, everyone speaks on in regards to this that, you know, I think after this uh, sit-in, this sparked about 55 other sit-ins and um, all over um, the South. So it's a very important piece, um, the civil rights history, and it's very much important to the city of Greensboro as well. Um, This year marked um, this past February 1st, marked the 60th anniversary. So I thought it was important to spotlight that today. Um, for my Black History Spotlight. Now, this week, um, it's just, uh, this week to me has just been an absolute blur. Um, I've tried to stay off social media as much as possible. Last week when I recorded my episode, I recorded on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we saw um, the helicopter crash that took the lives of nine people, including, um, you know, Kobe Bryant, um, as well as his daughter. Um so this this week has just been, um, you know, it's just been full of an outpour of love and and you know um, for Kobe and you know you see so many players coming out, but it's just been very difficult um, for a lot of reasons. I think Sunday, the day of um, the crash, um, I actually took my nephew out for his birthday, um, so we were all out to eat for dinner um, when we saw um, on the news, and it was just so it was like a shit show just being completely honest and it was like the way that they was just coming out with this stuff and no one you know I understand like I guess in journalism you want to be the first to report but no one actually had like a solid um story in regards to what was going on and I just sat there like in disbelief I felt like um because I just only can only imagine and if these families really did find out that way like from social media or like on tv I just think that's horrible just from a you know, humanizing standpoint, because these are still people, you know, at the end of the day. And, um, I, I, to me, it just was sad. I mean, I really, um, I, I really didn't get much sleep this week. Um, just thinking about it and just the, the, all the families that were affected. And I definitely just wanted to send my thoughts and prayers out, um, and kind of speak on it just a little bit today. Not a lot, because I mean, you know, this has been talked about pretty much the entire week. So, Um, I just didn't talk about it last week. And so I wanted to at least spend a little bit of time talking about it. Um, for me, I wasn't a huge, you know, um, 
Kobe fan. My sister like loved the Lakers. I was actually a uh, Chicago Bulls fan, still am. So, um, but I was still, you know, a lover of the game. So I've watched Kobe his entire life. I remember watching him when he was drafted um, to the Hornets. And so, um, so that's, so I've always watched him. And, um, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. Like he was one of the most, you know, electrifying players that we've ever seen. But to me, um, I really started really becoming a, a Kobe fan actually in retirement. Um, you know, you started seeing him do a lot of his philanthropy work. And I actually like watching, um, I think it was called Detail, like where he break down uh, the different players in the league and WBA players. Um, he breaks down their um, their games, um, which was really good work. And then you also just saw how happy he was, genuinely happy to be with his children. Um, so it was just a joy to see like a different Kobe in retirement, um, you know, who seemed more humble and, and, and less, you know, um, I guess the Kage persona that he had when he when he played. Um, so the Lakers Friday night had a tribute um, for Kobe and his daughter, and I did watch that. I thought that was really beautiful. Um, you know, it's just a dis- it's just a disbelief, you know. And um, like I said, my thoughts and prayers out to all the families affected. Um, you know, I can only imagine. And and I think that the other thing that um, has just been getting me with everything. It's just how I feel like the media really is, uh, in a sense, like forcing people to talk about it. And so this whole week, you know, you've pretty much seen, you know, these athletes, you know, I really think they should have taken, should have had the week off. I know, like, I know this is a business NBA and you have to do whatever, but I just think like just seeing them, you know, crying and, you know, in grief and all that, like, and having to still try to go out and play, you know, I mean, after I watched the tribute, I was sitting there um, thinking to myself, like, how are they going to be able to go out and play after that? Because it was about 30, 40 minutes long. And, um, and I mean, I was, and I was sad, you know, and so just being, you know, you see LeBron James crying, I mean, you know, all of them. So I just think it's just been a really difficult week in general around the NBA as well. I mean, because it's been very difficult to watch, but I mean, just Sunday, just watching um, some of the players come out the court uh, college players and everything like they didn't even know, you know, and they're, they're asking them, um, you know, how do they feel about his death? And this is the first time they're actually hearing it. Just the sh- shock value that everyone had. And it's just the way the media just was just doing this stuff. It was just crazy to me. I just thought it was just, wow. I don't know. But, and so I feel like the way it's just been so much, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's just going to take time in general. Um, to even start any kind of healing process because it's just, it's everywhere. And I, I really haven't even been on social media um, because it's, it's been everywhere and it's really sad. And it's a really sad tragedy. Um, so I just want to leave it there. Um, it's a lot more I can say about all of this, but um, I think so much has been said all week. So I don't want to be uh, another one of those people that's just kind of talking about it, but um, I want to leave it here. And then I want to move into my thought of the week. So my thought of the week this week came in, came from um, just all the stuff going on this week. And then um, you've been seeing, well, I found myself, honestly, um, not necessarily resurfacing to people. I, I don't, I don't, there's no one for me to resurface to, but um, more so just reminding my loved ones um, and the people in my life that I love them and care about them. Sometimes, um, even though I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at that, but 
uh, you know, we can get busy or, or we can, you know, maybe not return a call or something like that. And I think it's important to um, just always make sure that people know exactly how you feel. And that's what led me to think about um, soulmates versus soul ties. So this should be uh, a good little conversation. Um, I'm going to start with soulmate. So I found a definition of soulmate and it's a person with whom you've had an immediate connection the moment you meet. A connection so strong that you are drawn to them in a way that you have never experienced before. At this connection, as this connection develops over time, you experience a love so deep, strong, and complex that you begin to doubt that you've ever truly loved anyone prior. I thought that was a good uh, definition, but um, I think there. Are, but for me, I think there's different levels to a soulmate. Um, I can, I believe you can have a soulmate outside of a romantic relationship. I think a lot of times we think um, that's what it's talking about, and I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I think, uh, I believe you can meet someone that just get you or is capable of completely changing your energy. So for me, um, I definitely think I've experienced my, um, soulmate. Um, my dad passed away on August 4th. Uh, that next year, my nephew was born on April 8th and, um, it's the introvert of my dad's sunset day. And before my nephew was born, you know, I was sad, um, for my dad's death and I was really down and just kind of like in a really, really dark place. I didn't really know. I really didn't realize how down I truly was until I kind of came out of the dark place. Um, but once he was born, you know, uh, it brought my life so much joy and just a new, like kind of refound, like meaning to what I had going on. Cause before I think I was such in a funk, you know, I was just on a whole different planet, you know, and I was heavily drinking and, I was a, you know, chain smoker, um, when I drank, um, so a lot of those things. And so once he, you know, once he was born, you know, I stopped smoking and I really stopped a lot of my bad habits and, um, and it was just, you know, every time that I was, you know, around him or, you know, um, got to see him and I usually kept him, you know, majority of the time, um, that was one of my happiest moments. And I believe, you know, I believe to me that he's my soulmate. Um, I think it's when someone shifts you, you know, they shift the energy in you or shift the thinking in you. Um, I don't always believe it's a necessarily a sexual connection. That's not what I believe a soulmate is. One of my best friends, she always tells me that her mom is her soulmate because um, like that's her person. And I believe that it probably is. I mean, they ha they have a, a really amazing connection with each other. And I believe that that probably is, um, you know, her soulmate. I think that, um, and I think sometimes we're blessed to have soulmates that are our partners. I believe that when you meet someone that you really feel um, is your soulmate, then that's somebody that you really need to hold on to because it's rare. A lot of people are married right now. They're not married to their soulmates. Um, because I think it's rare when you actually meet somebody that really, um, really, really gets you and that you're really, really in, in sync with. And that's, and that to me, I think is a soulmate. So today I versus soulmates to, um, to soul ties. I have a definition, well, kind of definition of soul tie. So I found this thing and it says, what is a soul tie? When people use the term soul tie, what they usually mean is that 
in the spiritual realm or souls are united to someone else. And that tie is binding us to a person and we don't want to be, we is binding us to a person we don't want to be bound to. And it's hampering our efforts at moving ahead in life. Okay. So, soul ties. Sometimes I believe that people confuse soulmates and soul ties. And I don't think that it's possible to have a positive soul tie with somebody. Um, I've had, I've actually had quite a few soul ties in my life and, um, they've all been negative. Um, they haven't been good. Um, just as far as, you know, from just a healthy relationship. And to be honest, um, I believe the way that you, you create a soul tie with somebody is through sex. Um, when I was younger, you know, like in my early twenties, I, you know, probably was a little more, obviously I was more promiscuous than I am now, obviously, but, um, yeah, like I was more free flowing when it came to that. And I didn't really, and I was really selfish and I didn't really think about how my actions might affect somebody else. So, you know, I, you know, I I had sex and I enjoyed it. And, you know, there were some people that, you know, I would have, that I had sex with that we, you know, either we might've gotten a relationship or we might not have. Um, but we started to create this negative space with each other where it was pretty much centered around this sexual connection with each other. Um, the way I try to explain sex, especially when I'm talking to these young kids in my life, even though they probably could give two shits about what I'm saying, but I just talk from experience. Like, I believe that when you have sex with someone, you are sharing energies with each other, you know, and this is really hard to explain, but I'm going to try to explain my theory on this. So when I had like basically my first like boyfriend, um, I never, I never was a cheater. I never was nothing. I was like pretty much like in high school, after high school, like a holy roller, didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't do anything. And, um, and you know, he cheated on me, um, quite a few times probably. And probably a few times I probably don't even know about, but the times I know about, he cheated on me quite a few times. And so, um, I think that, and and then in turn, you know, I started to change as a person. And then as I started to, you know, then when I became single and then I'm kind of like having sex and having these different energies, you know, I had a moment there where I was a cheater, you know, where I was just doing shit to people and not caring about people's feelings and not caring about the things that I was doing to them and, 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 and hurting them. And I believe that you can, through sex, you can take somebody's energy and their negative shit. You might take some positive, but you usually take their negative shit and it gets somewhere inserted in you. Just like you give them some of your shit and you insert yourself in them. That's why I don't believe it's good to have um, a whole bunch of different partners because that's how you create soul ties with each other. Um, and I've definitely had soul ties and I had this one relationship and we only dated like probably two or three months maybe, but, um, we had a strong sexual connection with each other. Um, and I mean, it was, um, I don't even know how to describe the sex, but it was just, um, a very strong sexual connection, but it was just high intensity in a, if, if that's a way to describe it. And so when, whenever that person would come in town or whenever, um, it didn't matter what stage in life I was in. Right. Um, 
whether I was in a relationship or they were in a relationship, it just didn't matter. Like that's, you know, that's what we did. And then we, um, you know, we would have sex with each other and we would, you know, and then we'll go not talking. And then sometimes, you know, when we were dating, it was like, not necessarily like volatile experiences, but it wasn't always like nice experiences. You know, sometimes it was nasty experiences with each other where, you know, you say some pretty hurtful shit, you do some pretty hurtful shit. And it was just a, just a very, um, negative relationship but what kept what kept it together and what kept each person keep coming back is that we had a a fucked up soul tie with each other that definitely had to get broken um and all of my soul ties are all centered around sex I believe that's how you create soul ties with people um and a lot of times because of the sex is what draws you back to that person, even though you know that you shouldn't be talking to that person at all, or you might know that person is not good for you, or you might not be good for that person. Um, I think for me, when, when I had all that going on, you know, I just lack maturity in general. So I was just out just having fun and just doing my thing and really with no regard to anybody else. And, um, you know, those, those, some of those experiences where I had to go back later in life, you know, in my thirties, um, and and in my twenties, my late twenties and apologize to a lot of people because, um, when you're just out here, just, you know, having no regard for other people, you can really hurt people. And I know that I did. And so that's how I created soul ties. So I think that's what I think is the difference between a soulmate and a soul tie. A soul tie is something that is negative you know and it's all about you you sharing those energies I think when it comes to a soulmate a soulmate is somebody that understands you provides you with some kind of level of happiness but also shapes you and how you feel and they can shape your I feel like they can shape your life and that's that's how I experience um a soulmate because there's a lot of people out here that you may come across or you might date and you love each other, you know, um, you might not always get each other, but you love each other. But I think when you meet your soulmate, that person just knows you, they finish your sentence, you know, they know what you're thinking. Even when you're not saying it, you're not a mystery to them. They just see you for who you are. Um, so that's what I think the difference is. Um, I do believe that uh, when it comes to soul ties, I was trying to look this up because um, I had this conversation quite a bit with um, some of my friends and they always, um, we always kind of talk about like, you know, well, what can you do to break a soul tie? And you know what I had to do? Um to be honest, what I had to do, and, and, it, and it was hard, it was hard, um, I had to block the number, I had to remove them on social media, remove them just in general, you know, block them on my email, um, to where I never even had temptation to, um, contact them in any kind of way, um, and I just had to force myself to just continue to, you know, move forward and then times that I felt like that maybe you know I wanted to say something or I wanted to um 
you know, just revisit that space. Like I had to just force myself not to, and it was hard. Um, I would try to, you know, busy myself with other stuff or I would listen to gospel music. I did that a lot when I had moments of, um, any kind of, I guess, weak moment. And it was just a force to break it. And then once it's broken, it's broken. Like once you finally are out of it, um, you're kind of out of it. But also I think that the most important thing, I, I feel like in, in my present state in 2020, I don't know if I could create a soul tie with somebody now only because now in present day, I actually know myself and I actually love myself. Um, I think when I was kind of, you know, having sex and just whatever, yeah, it was fun, but I don't really think that I really love myself because when you love yourself, you just don't give yourself like that to people. And granted, I'm not saying that I was out here fucking the world, but you know, still, you know, when you're with somebody you care about, you should be with one person, you know? And, um, but I, I mean, I guess that was my whole period from, I guess, 20 to 24, but, um, but it actually was one of my biggest regrets that I have in life was that period just because, um, I hate knowing that I hurt people and knowing that I was just that fucking selfish. And I really, really, really was. And so I try to, um, you know, I, I try to just, if I can, you know, even when I talk to the kids in my life and people, I try to just as much as I can be like, you know, just think about what you're doing because no matter if you apologize, you, some of that shit, you just can't take back. And so I don't think in present day I could create a soul tie now, but I have a more un, better understanding of myself in present day than I did when I was young. And I just didn't really think about some of the things I did. And I don't really think that I had self-love a high level of it as I do now, now, like I'm solid in myself where I can sit and say, like, I would never do, you know, never do have the shit that I used to do in general. But, um, it took a lot of just soul searching and a lot of, you know, really when I started therapy too, just asking myself, well, why do you feel this way about yourself? What is the things that you've done? Has it been people that made you feel this way about yourself and really diving into your insides? You know, I tell people that all the time, like, you got to work on your insides. And I think that helps to block soul ties. Because when you solid, you're not going to fall into bullshit with people. It's going to be easier for you to know your worth and be like, nah, I'm good. And granted, it still can happen. But I just find it easier now for me to not fall into bullshit. Only because I just know my worth. And I'm not willing to. And um, I think that's how soul ties are created, though. Through sex. Truly, I do. Um, so that's pretty much all I had today. And um, we can continue this conversation. I'm, I'm probably going to bring this conversation back up again next week because I have a really cool interview next week about relationships and friendships. And so I'm going to kind of circle this in too and just get a second opinion or another opinion on what they think in regards to soulmates and soul ties. And we're going to compare it to uh, what I think in regards to soulmates and soul ties. So um, I want to give my overview first. So that's just my thought of the week this week. Um, like I said, this week has just been kind of like a, a blur. It feels like, so I still wanted to, um, get you out of episode next week. I'm looking forward to, it. it's going to be a pretty cool episode. And I have a co-host with me that, um, next week and an interview. And, uh, also I want to let you know, 
um, that you can find me on Instagram at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. You can find me on Twitter at IJMT podcast. And if you ever have any feedback or you want to talk to me individually, you can find me on social media or you can email me at IJMT podcast at gmail.com. And once again, I thank you so much for listening this week. It's Mika here and I appreciate you.